Uh, Rob, we are almost not here. <laughs> the the tech gremlins were uh how should we say is kicking kicking Todd's can. So <laughs> <laughs> it was in full swing, huh? Yes it yes it was. Yeah. That happens sometimes going trying to go live. Sometimes things don't work. Yeah. But it's happened to me many times. I may have to increase your volume. For some reason, whenever you're on the bottom piece, it just I just never have I can never get you dialed in correctly. But uh we were supposed to have a guest, but our guest must have planned on something else. But we have a lot, a lot to talk about. Oh yeah, there's there's a bunch of stuff going on. And plus, you know, some events. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you start off by talking about uh, Podstock? We can start with that. Yeah. Well, um, actually, I made a two event stop on my way to, you know, wrapping up at Podstock. And that was a podcasting event down in Trenton, New Jersey, that Todd was at as well. So it was just a a one day event, but uh, we spent the night down there and. But I stopped at the Talkers Conference at Hofstra University on Long Island on the way down and uh, spent some time with the big talk radio folks um, like, you know, the Sean Hannity's and the the Bill O'Reilly was up on stage at this event and and just the, the big syndicated talkers. Type type of event. It's an old school radio event. Um, Stephen Goldstein was up on stage as well. Um, you know, he's he's pretty active in the podcasting space as well. Um, but I thought it was an interesting kind of um, conference from the standpoint of looking at podcasting. Podcasting came up quite often up on stage, um, but you know that event was really about radio um, and the the current state of radio, but I think, uh, there is a recognition that podcasting is part of the mix for them. But, uh, I still think that radio is still the focus of what they're doing. Um, so anyway, and then, then I hopped down to, to Podstock and that was an amazing kind of first year event, uh, in, in Trenton, New Jersey, very, very well organized and uh, lots of enthusiasm. I, I would say, Todd. So, and lots of lots of really good speakers. Um, so it was a fun event. Hey, Rob, why don't you go ahead and disconnect from that channel and come up on the other one? Uh, I just can't. Oh. I just can't get your audio right while we're going okay. here. But, okay, I'll uh, drop out. Yeah, and, and then I'll bring you. I'll talk a little bit about Podstock. Yeah, Podstock was. You know, I, I was surprised because I have been in, had not been in New Jersey proper, I guess. And um, I, I'll be honest with you, I was pretty impressed with, uh, with the Trenton area. It was a mm-hmm. nice, uh, uh, nice area. And I can see why people like hanging out in New Jersey in the summer, at least in the area that we were at. And, um, it, it, it really kind of blew me away. You know, you, I, I flew into Philly and drove over and I went like, wow, wow. What, you know, I was kind of, I'm, I'm used, you know, Newark uh, in that kind of area kind of sets a tone for New Jersey that any, for those of you who live in Newark, don't take this the wrong way, but it a stark difference. Right. Well, it was a little more out of, you know, in a smaller community, Trenton, New Jersey is only about what, 
80,000 residents. So it's not a huge city or anything like that. So I think it was a little bit, a little bit smaller, more quaint. Um, and I think this event was held at a, a Masonic temple. Um, that was right on the other side of the, was it the Potomac river, I guess, where George Washington crossed, right. I guess. So it had a lot of history and, um, and l- l- looking back to the early days of, of the U S right. Yeah. And I think too, is the, um, you know, Frank and Christina and Will that, uh, put on Podstock from New Pod City, uh, mm-hmm. they, I, I, you know, be honest with you, they, they fed us, they, uh, put us, tra- they put us up, they transported us, us they, um, it, it was, it was, it was amazing. It really, really was. And I know you've got one of, one of the, uh, a- animated caricatures of, of yourself and I've got one that they, uh, he created and it just, it was an overall, overall it was, I, I was pretty surprised, uh, overall for a first time event they did they did really, really well and, uh, even had a, you know, they even went above and beyond. They had an after party, a little block party where they had a DJ out and had, uh, a plate next to a barbecue place. And they had a, uh, a drink vendor on the street from the same establishment that was out there. And then later we went down to a, another a venue so it was, it was a, but it was a long day. It was a 12, 13 hour day for us for, mm-hmm. um, you know, for basically a six hour conference, but it, I think they did a great job. And I think he's got, uh, I think with a little marketing, he could really grow that in, in a, in a big, big way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it really, uh, really pointed out the power of podcasting to build community too, uh, in a local market. So it, it could be an example of what could be done in lots of smaller, you know, cities across the country too. I mean, as a as a terrific example to utilize podcasts um, as a strength, which is uh, it's a medium that um, could be utilized more locally. And I think that was a little bit of the the topic that came out of the Talkers Conference too, with the big talk radio folks and the 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 radio industry is one of the the topics that kept coming up over and over again was uh, local podcasting. Um, you know, I know Stephen Goldstein, which you know, many of the folks that listen to this know Steve as well. Uh, he actually got up on stage and was talking about local podcasting as well, and that could be a way for podcasting to develop an audience that is a is a little bit of a you know the next generation for, you know, like a local newspaper or something like that. It could be local podcasting. Um, but the, the talkers at that conference, um, were, I think were supportive of that, especially as you think about maybe podcasting that's done, um, by talk radio hosts in a larger market, right. Um, that could be a a large audience built around that. So I thought it was, you know, a lot of topics were really, really interesting. Um, I thought that the overall the topics that were covered at the Podstock event were really relevant and really kind of at the cutting edge of where the, where, where the medium is today. And I think that was an event that really catered to new podcasters too, yeah. ones that were just getting started on the indie side. And I think more events that 
kind of kind of address that market is important for us, and that kind of leads into a probably another topic that we want to talk about on the show today is is the open nature of podcasting. Yeah, I'll go back and make a couple more comments on Podstock right. Podstock before we get to it. But I, yeah. I did a show of hands during my presentation to find out how many were currently creating a podcast. There was about ten, mm-hmm. and then almost everyone else, which I would say there was 80 to a hundred people there were not. So that told me really that this really wasn't in the event. And, and I'll, you know, I'll basically give a shout out that they also opened this up for uh, college students and high school students that attendance to that for them was free. They could attend. So, Mm And I think they also had some disadvantaged teenagers at the event as well that they brought in. Um, that's kind of the kind of what I heard afterwards. So I think that they really um, brought a diverse group of people in to be able to um, at least get some exposure about what podcasting is and what you can do. So I'm mm-hmm. excited to see what happens uh, with that group. But yeah, the topic of conversation you wanted to shift to is definitely the was going on last week when we were doing this show was mm-hmm. Spotify's basically saying, Hey, we don't need RSS. We've switched everything over to an API because well, essentially they want to be able to spy on people deeper. They want more, uh, more, more data on listeners. Right. And in my opinion, that's there was the gist of their, uh, of their switch. And, um, they had made a comment that they had 4 million podcasts, uh, mm-hmm. on their platform. And, and I kind of like did a big eyebrow raise because if that's the number, I know what my number is, you know what your numbers is, Buzzsprout, Podbean, everyone else that's out there that has got shows going into that ecosphere equals at least another million shows. Mm-hmm. And, um, but they made the comment of that 4 million number that, that basically comes from their ecosystem. And I thought to myself, well, that's interesting because the podcast 2.0 platform mm-hmm. only shows about 500,000 shows that have made a new episode in the last 60 days, a little lesson. So if they've got 4 million, that means. Well, it does show the podcast index does show four million shows total in the catalog. Right. It's just, it's just the half a million that are active is, so is I think, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. But not all of that 4 million is over on Spotify. So that tells me that they're, they having turned off automatically getting an RSS feed on anchor is resulting in a closed ecosystem for a huge, because they don't know any better. The listeners, the podcasters don't know any better and they're, they're locked in. And they're in a controlled environment. Well, Todd, unless they're pulling shows in from Podcast 2.0 <laughs> or the Podcast Index. I don't think they are. They're not actively going out and adding shows. You know, they're not, they're not going out and just building a directory. They've never done that. It's either submit through their portal, mm-hmm. be submit through one of the hosting providers like us and Libsyn and right. Podbean every once it's integrated. And the direct number shows that get odd added automatically from from Anchor. Now here's the even more crazy part. There was just a mention made 
by WordPress that they're going to allow any WordPress site blog posts to be made into a podcast to be distributed on Anchor. So this is just going to open up a whole can of worms. You know, the good luck with that because spammers are going to have an absolute heyday. You're going to now have shows on Anchor that are nothing but spam. spam. And they'll automatically get into the Spotify platform. Oh my gosh. I, I, I don't even want to think about the mess that's going to create. But there's simple fact that they are trying to push away from open RSS is very concerning. Todd, I do wonder about the timing of all this um, because there's a lot of talk about uh, YouTube getting into the medium. Um, and you think about what YouTube has a history of is building a closed ecosystem. Um, after what I saw at, at the London conference, the, the podcast show in London, YouTube is all in on podcasting. Um, I, actually, I did a post on Twitter about this uh, just prior to the show. And it does make me wonder if Spotify is more concerned about YouTube right now um, and the direction that YouTube's going to push and they're trying to get ahead of the game here. Um, I just wonder if YouTube is going to, you know, kind of play along the same pathway here. I'm not, I'm not here to announce anything. I'm just thinking that, um, there is a, a kind of a walled garden platform play going on here, um, on the part of Spotify here. Um, they want people publishing directly to their platform and creating basically a catalog of exclusives is kind of what the game is here. Um, is what it seems like to me. And that, that is, that may be a threat to the open nature of podcasting. Um, I think to some degree it probably is. Um, I don't think the open nature of podcasting is going, is going to go away because Spotify does this. Um, but it, it does start us down this path of creating, um, walled gardens more and more in podcasting. That's, um, that's basically funneling content directly up into them. Um, on an exclusive basis, which is what my fear has been for a couple of years now, uh, especially as I think about um, Apple with their direct upload for subscription podcasts, you're starting to see this kind of this pattern of direct upload to a, a particular platform, not unlike what YouTube has done. So maybe what we're seeing is, Spotify is trying to become the YouTube of podcasting before YouTube becomes the YouTube of podcasting. Well, you know, they said their limitation of RSS is that it's creator to fan. And they said that what they have solved sure. is they've made it two way creator to fan, fan to creator. Well, no, well, <laughs> no, we've had no problems getting fan interactivity. The right. problem with RSS is, they can't spy enough on the listener. That's what a lot of advertisers want is deeper metrics into audience, right? And listen activity. I, you know, I, I made a comment on Twitter that anyone, any podcaster right now that is, in my opinion, using charitable or pod sites, 
they're just handing over their listener data to Spotify. They're just saying, here you go. Here you go. It's, get, I'm giving you all the intelligence on my audience. Mm-hmm. Hand it over to them. And then what are they going to do with that? Well, they already work with marketeers. That data is incredibly right. valuable. I'm not saying sure. this is what is happening, but I, I can only hypothesize that that data potentially could be resold, used for intelligence, used for remarketing. Sure. And, so, and a podcaster asked me, why? Why is that a big deal? And I, 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 I was dumbfounded in the fact that the podcaster asked me that question when I said, the podcaster, and we've talked about this a hundred times on the show, that right. the, the listener can't opt in. When they sign up for a Spotify account or they sign up for Amazon or they sign up for all these mm-hmm. services, they opt in through a terms right. of service. Now, maybe some people say, oh, no one reads those anyway, but at least you have the opportunity to. Right. That's part of joining a, a walled garden platform is that you're, you're giving up your, your rights to privacy when you sign up to that because it's in that terms of service, right? Yeah. So, so that's one thing that a lot of platforms in podcasting could do as well if we had opt-in. Um, but the problem is we don't have opt-in outside of a walled garden proprietary login platform. One of our friends said people who speak of limits of RSS are looking to get a patent on something. And, uh, that could be part of it, right? Could be. And, uh, I understand that in my analogy is API equals gatekeepers, RSS equals open and any one of the text editor can podcast. You know, that's, that's my, you know, my analogy that I like to use on this. Now I don't care what they do between their two platforms. I I really don't. And if, Hmm. um, if they want to communicate via, whatever mechanism they want between their hosting platform and their, their distribution platform, that more power to them. They can do whatever they want, but don't drag open RSS through the mud and, and, and make it the big bad boogeyman. Right. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not so sure why you have to demonize it. Right. um, And, and still build out your own, platform i i'm not sure what the purpose of that is um i just yeah i mean it's kind of a it's kind of an aggressive move is what 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 it is and i'm not sure who it really accomplishes much for and and i i saw something else where someone said that they monetize 14 percent of the seven percent that is podcasting so that's Mm -hmm. one percent of the listening is 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 monetized podcast content on their platform so you know, it's kind of a long way to get there, but you know, if you consider that, that 8% by volume, at least for my platform, 8% by volume is kind of the average audience share download wise. I mean, we're just talking pure downloads. We're not talking about mm-hmm. audience. We're just talking about pure downloads, pure listens that, you know, so when, you know, we're, I guess we shouldn't get too upset. I'm glad they only control that much. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the key takeaway, Todd, is that the impact of this isn't going to be as big as I think everybody or a lot of people might think it is. Um, 
And then I also saw that Spotify acquired uh, a, a AI voice platform, uh, Sonantic, um, here, here as well. The kind of tagline for that is, is this dynamic AI voice platform that com- creates compelling, nuanced, and stunningly realistic voices from <laughs> text. Right. Hence the WordPress integration and being able to send over a blog post and making it into a podcast that will be on Spotify. I am sure that will yeah. be incredibly compelling content. Right. Right. Well, that and also you could you could create uh, ads from that too, right? You well, I'm sure. Voice ads with that technology as well. So now we'll have a robot basically yeah. trying to sell us stuff. Yep. And you would be no disclosure that it's not even a real person. Is it going to be done in the voice of the host of oh. the podcast? Oh, that's a good it question. It could be. Could be, right? Imagine hearing yourself unauthorized. Doing an ad? Doing an ad for a, something. A product that you didn't have anything to do mm-hmm. with, right? Boy, that, that's going to go over like. <laughs> yeah. Technologically possible. I, I just, it, it's a. Uh, I do have to give the iHeart. Uh, CEO a little credit in that he came back and I don't know if it was time perfectly that, but he had made some comments about, you know, we're going to stay with RSS. RSS is open. Connell, who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he'd come back and said that, but you know, it's just any, I, I don't know. My ire gets raised, you know, and you know, it's the thing is the, the limitations on RSS at this point is self-induced. It's self-induced. Mm-hmm. We, we, we have already significant expansion of RSS through Podcasting 2.0. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff that we want that could be implemented by a variety of players that could, per, could really increase interactivity, cross-communication discussions, and still keep everything open. You know, yeah, so... But, yeah, but that doesn't play into a a strategy of exclusives. So. No, it doesn't. And matter of yeah. fact, it, it, it plays against it. Right. And, um, again, API equals gatekeepers, RSS equals open. Yes. We, we, we can expand and improve and make the space better. There just has to be a will to do it. I was talking about some of this stuff with my team today, talking about the ability now for them to, like here, we're going live. We, we would have the ability if, if we were so enabled on the website to send out a signal says, Hey, we're live. And the, the, the podcast player could actually pop our live stream right into our channel right. and make an announcement saying, Hey, this show's live. And you could watch this show live right in a podcast 2.0 app. And yeah. that's cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree with that. I, and to kind of lead off what you were talking about before about um, any kind of a platform creating kind of a exclusive funnel, right, of content, um, one thing we don't know is whether or not 
Spotify is going to have in their terms of service that you can't upload that same content to any other platform. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's in the terms here, um, but you know, my fears may be coming true um, more and more is that if, if it uh, is not in there where it's, it has to be exclusive just to Spotify, which I, I don't know if they're going to go that far or, or not, but if they do, it's going to create is, and if they don't have that in the terms of service where you can upload to other platforms with the same content, that's going to create pressure on the market to have each of the listening platforms create their own upload path. Yeah, that's not good. You know, yeah, and that basically you know eliminates or starts to erode the benefits of a RSS-based syndication strategy, which. Um, doesn't really accomplish anything if you really think about it. I mean, if we're forcing content creators to upload directly to every proprietary platform separately, um, wasn't the open RSS much more efficient way of doing the same thing? You know, even with the initiatives that Apple has uh, recently announced that we're part of, the RSS feed is still master. Mm-hmm. And they're not depreciating RSS at all. Mm-hmm. It's RSS is master. We need, they said they very specifically said this will remain the master. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have to watch that, you know, and make sure that that is indeed the case and that the RSS feed is still king. Um, right. right. But I, it's just, it's one of those situations here where I think we have to continue to, to watch the, um, watch space now the um i don't know if you want to talk about this anymore but i got a couple other interesting things that have happened some news that came out today mm-hmm. um it, two, there's two things about one was about google and reported in pod news how they're blocking and hiding some podcast episodes from that use the word lesbian in the in the mm-hmm. in the episode title and uh so it is interesting that it's not available. That particular episode for that show is not available on Google Podcasts in US, UK, or Australia, even to logged in over basically users that are um, logged into Google for Google Podcasts. It's not available. So um, they said there's nothing adult in the episode, says the podcast creator. Um, so, and Google is using the actual RSS feed from that show. So that's very, makes me go, hmm. Now, I know someone else that is on a regular basis tossing out episodes too. And as a matter of fact, I get a report of it every week on what episodes were thrown out by another platform. So Spotify throws episodes out all the time. Right. So, you know, you don't, you think you've got a free run over there. Well, it looks like that is not the case, but it's, uh, this is concerning. Pride Month, and of course, it is definitely one of those situations where people are cognizant of they're watching their distribution. And lo and behold, a podcast, you know, what they do is they come back to the host and they say, my episode is not on this platform. What have you done wrong? <laughs> and we go digging around. We say, well, we see an Apple yeah. podcast. We see it here. We see it here. You're going to have to go over and ask them why right. it's not there. But the hosting platform gets gets the customer gets the, service. Gets the beef. Right. right. We get, we get the hammer because it's our right. fault. 
Right. But everyone else is good. So, right. But it looks to me also, moving on to another topic here, that, uh, well, it's a very long Twitter thread, but Captivate got hit by ACAST spam. And they were, he was coming on and complaining about it. And I'm like, welcome to the club. (laughs) And apparently at the same time, Transistor got hit by them. But Transistor went a step further. They reported ACAST to Canadian law enforcement and to ACAST email service provider after the company targeted Transistor's customers. ACAST email provider says that ACAST uses against its terms of service. And Transistor's Jackson, who has previously worked for an email company, considers the emails are illegal under Canadian law. And of mm-hmm. course, Podbean, Captivate, Blueberry, Libsyn, all of us, Podbean, we've all been targeted by right. ACAST already. So um, they're going to continue to email. They're we're part of our continuing marketing strategy. So. I guess it should not come as a surprise, but maybe they'll have to be looking for a new email provider here soon. Right. Right. And then I also noticed that uh, the acquirer of, um, of Captivate uh, Global has made a strategic investment in an audio ad company called Odeo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Odeo? Yep. Oh, it's O-D-E-E-O. Oh, it's not... not- that's interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's not this, this platform puts audio ads into mobile games. Uh, oh, that's curious. Odeo is a name that's been recycled. Yes, it has. Spelled a with, little differently, though. With one more E. <laughs> they could afford the E's. They could afford it, obviously, <laughs> yes. But I thought that, that was an interesting little connection there yeah tom says the listener doesn't give a shit about rss that's true the listener doesn't care no no but but the industry yeah podcasting content creators care about this to some degree it's true i would think yeah the listener don't care as long as they get to hear the content right right and on this show that's who we're speaking to is the industry not um and we're the only we're the only ones to get our dandruff up you know listeners don't care i guess does the rest of the industry kind of get their dander up on this? Or I would think to some degree that would be the case. What do you think? I don't know. I think only we do. Only we do? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, Buzzsprout and Podme and the rest of them probably care, but maybe they just don't talk about it. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Because if, 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 if all these services called us tomorrow and said, hey, we're not supporting RSS no more. What, what would we be forced to do? We would be forced to, we, we, we would have to comply. If they call us said, you get six months to do API calls to us to send data over, or we're not taking your listeners, your podcast anymore. Yeah. We would, we would. I guess I asked the question is how does that really improve the business, I guess, um, right? If you're having to build the infrastructure to support direct uploads and publishing, means that every listening platform, I guess, I guess if you think about, that's why these big listening platforms are acquiring podcast hosts, right? So they have that ability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, potentially. Yeah. 
So think about all of the big listening platforms that don't have a podcast hosting company yeah. in their vertical stack. But then we get back to the situation where are we now, are we now a one API call away from failure of a show getting distributed someplace and lots and lots of tech work to make it work instead of a very simple distribution method? Yeah, it's going to take work on, I mean, if we can continue as podcast hosts, continuing to, to, uh, be a funnel for shows getting into listening platforms and in some ways APIs work pretty much the same way as RSS, right? Um, it accomplishes the same goals as far as we're concerned, but it's a lot more work. Cause you're going to, yeah, have- it is. Well, because I mean, you'd completely have to re-architect your, uh, your, your backend. Yeah. It's the same, probably the same data. It's just probably the, de- probably the devs would, uh, you know, be happy to make those API calls, you know, devs like working in API. Right. Right. No, that's, that's certainly true. You know, I think the difference between, and I think I've said this before is that, that's how TV shows get into like Hulu right, and, right. and these other platforms that are is XML documents that, that travel, that carry all the metadata about episodes. So they, you know, the big studios upload all of the, the media files, which are the episodes, right. And then they upload a batched XML document that has all of the episode metadata and that all gets ingested at the same time. It's probably a bad analogy, but the, you know, the second amendment folks are like, you can, you, ha- you can't have my gun out of my dying grip. One of those types, you know, one of those, uh, analogies, right. you know, yeah. and it's like, you can't, you have to use my RSS feed until my dying grip until they say, eh, tough, <laughs> tough. <laughs> we, we want the, AP, we want an API call. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what it does do, Todd, is it it goes against the mantra that we've always said about RSS is that y- you can be censored and taken down, um, but as long as you have an open RSS feed, anybody can still get access to your show. It, and I think you know that's where the last frontier may will end up at some point. Yeah, and if <laughs> if this is the path that we're heading down, right, um, then it's you know it's the last man standing on open, so, supporting RSS, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. And if if you're only getting 2%, 3%, 5% of your consumption on open platforms, you know, I don't want to spell doom and gloom here, but yeah. It makes you wonder. Well, are we seeing a potential I mean, if that were to happen, we'd probably see a a decline in listenership coming off of RSS feeds then, right? Mm-hmm. And guess what would happen then is, as long as the media was still served from us, we still could get metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the question it would be, well, I don't know. It'd be interesting, you know, to see what would happen there. But um, Yeah, as long as the, that the only pathway is, isn't uh, direct upload, um, you know, forcing podcasters to go to these big listening platforms and publish their episodes, you know, manually directly. Yeah. So as long as that doesn't happen, but it, it sets the tone for 
gatekeepers. I guess if there's, yeah, I guess if there's fewer listening platforms, maybe there's only two or three listening platforms, then maybe that's more realistic to have that happen. Yeah, well, God, right? God forbid. But technically, for the majority of shows, there's a handful already. It's Apple, it's Google, mm-hmm. Spotify, three or four apps that make up, and then the rest are in the, you know, even well, iHeart's less than 1%. Yeah, and then those other smaller ones are pulling from the Apple API right. or, to populate their catalogs. Now, some of them now are building... Apple could, could turn that API off. Oh, they're never going to do that. I don't think they are either, but no. they could. I don't think so. And then, I don't think they are either. And, but, and then, yeah. well, that would be the worry. But that's, you know, that's all part of the Podcast Index Initiative is to ensure it doesn't happen. Right, or there's a backup plan. There's a backup plan, yeah. Right. That only the hardcore, you know, you can't take this out of my hands crowd will be. Right, that's true. But, I don't know, I don't see anybody, hope, you know, again, they can do whatever they want. It's their platform. And if it means, actually, in all honesty, if it means less anchor shows on Apple Podcasts, that's great. You know, it just makes the, everyone else have a uh, a much higher chance of discovery mm-hmm. amongst all the graveyard of dead and non-updating shows. Right. So that's their issue that they have to, to manage. Hey, Todd, the, the Roadcaster Pro 2 um, goes live. Thanks, today. The, yeah, it's 7 p.m. New York time tonight. Oh. Do you order one? No, I haven't ordered one. I'm I'm perfectly happy with my Roadcaster Pro One. Yeah, me too. I don't see any uh any need to, to jump. Now there was a, a thread someone started. What do you think is good and what's bad? And the main thing people are complaining about is the headphone jack. And matter of fact, I'm kind of laughing because I look down here and I'm like, oh yeah, there is a headphone jack there. <laughs> I don't even well, I don't even use that piece of it. <laughs> yeah. I actually use that all the time. What's missing on the Roadcaster Pro 2 is the TRRS plug in the back. Mm. Which was a hot item member back when yeah, Clubhouse, well, right. you know, trying to get on Clubhouse in into your, you know, your Roadcaster. So how do you how do you attach a cell phone now to the Roadcaster? Bluetooth? The, no, the new Roadcaster Pro Two is is supporting two, uh, I guess, uh, what was it C ports? Uh, so I, I, you can plug your phone directly in via using a uh, via USB a C C wow. adapter, a, and somehow that's gonna. Well, that'd be interesting. To see how that works. So here's a, a catalog for the 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 new one. I got this in uh, in London. Yeah. So I saw one in person in 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 London, and I think there's only a I think there's only a few of them um, because we had a road rep at the at the Trenton um, show. Yeah, and he hadn't even seen. Well, he had one in his office. Yeah. Yeah. So but they. It's kind of weird. The firmware wasn't ready, so people got these without firmware. So yeah, they, 
as far as I know, they couldn't even turn them on. Oh, so, so until tonight. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's an interesting way to deliver a product. I guess they weren't, the hardware was ready, but the software wasn't. Well, they, I think most of the units that were sent out were sent out as demo units. Oh. They weren't to paying customers. Hmm. So, so I think as of tonight or today, or I think they go on sale. So probably we'll see a whole bunch of reviews that actually have the firmware popping in. And I would imagine, you know, be honest with you, I don't think I would buy one even if I needed one for a little while, because I'm sure it's going to be on rapid updates. If they're sending it out, sending the code out now, that means they've rushed to get it out the door and yeah, probably they're going to be, you know, they've sent it out with the bare minimum. It's probably going to be a little bit glitchy. And so the, the catalog has more detail in here about the actual device itself. Mm -hmm. And it, it uses the term revolution preamps, which means that it's got a whopping 76 DB of gain into each of their, that's, their, that's pretty impressive. Their XLR ports, which could mean that you don't need to get a uh, cloud lifter with a, your SM7B with this device. Someone saw a YouTube video of someone using an SM7B with the Roadcaster, and it was fine without the cloud lifter. On the the Roadcaster Pro 2? Yeah. Well, nobody's been able to use it yet. Well, there's someone said they saw a video, so. Mm, okay. Maybe but, it was a manufacturer video or something. I, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, because the I believe the the cloud lifter adds what I think forty five dBs. I'm not Is sure. That right? I'm not sure. I think I, it adds like forty five dBs to your preamp that you have right now. This, and that puts it over. Probably the, probably seventy six dB. This but. mic is hooked to a Solo eight ten. It's is not an inexpensive tube amplifier. So, do uh, you have an idea what kind of gain the, you're getting out of that tube amplifier? Uh, it's set to four out of ten. <laughs> oh, it is. I don't. Okay. It's got a knob. I don't know. I don't. It's you know. It it have no clue. But it's it's plenty. Yeah. Yeah, for twelve hundred bucks, it'd be better be plenty. <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it says ultra low noise level um, on the preamp. So I'm. It, it says they they eliminate the need for microphone boosters yeah. or lifters or external processing. Well, that's good. So, well, that, I mean, that could be worth it right there because right. if you think about it. Um, if you have to get a cloud lifter for each of your SM7Bs and you want to have four of them, mm -hmm. that can get a little expensive. I think they're like 70 bucks a piece or something, aren't they? Mm, I thought they were over a hundred bucks. I think they were like 150 each. Oh, that's interesting. Or 125, it's, it's made by FET, right? FET cloud lifter. Yeah. I think they're over a hundred bucks. So if you think about the four inputs and you want to have four SM7Bs, that's, that's an additional 400 bucks you have to spend in addition to your microphone yeah. plus in addition to your mixer. So if this little mixer and it's, this footprint is quite a bit smaller than the roadcaster first gen. Mm -hmm. Um, that could save you $400 right there. It's, it's worth the extra hundred bucks. Cause I think this one's going for six ninety nine. 
I think it's the company's oh, Fethead is the company. Oh, it is. Yeah. So, you know, they're 90, let me look here. Inlet mic $99 for the single line cloud yeah. lifter. So, uh, inline okay, so microphone they've dropped in price. Preamp is $99, yeah. Okay. Yeah, cuz I I think I paid over 125 for mine. Yeah. But still 400 bucks for four mics or 200 for two, you know, it's that adds up. It does. Especially if you're using one of these things. Mm-hmm. That these things are already expensive enough. I they- used uh, a uh, Fethead on, well, matter of fact, the, mic- the microphone's sitting right here, but it's, it's that, well, it's my over-the-ear microphone is the one that I use in the demo room. I ha- attached a, a fat head to that. Mm-hmm. I did. The other thing that this new R- Roadcaster 2 supports is uh, Wi-Fi. Hmm. The, the, the first gen doesn't support Wi-Fi, and, it, and the, this new one s- supports Ethernet, too. So you can basically, can, it becomes a network device, and you can basically probably go right, just open up a, your, uh, you know, your hard drive or whatever they call it. And you can probably get right to the folder without having. Well, there you might be able to stream directly right out of this thing. Oh, that's interesting. Does it still have a, oh, well, and it connects to a LAN too. Yeah. Hmm. So, hmm. So, huh. Yeah. Now we did hear that the original roadcaster has gone as far as it can go. It's out of memory. They cannot improve the current roadcaster expand oh, so, it. Oh, okay. So they've, they've maxed it out. They've huh? maxed it out. So the new roadcaster, maybe they can do updates, but they are at the max on their operating system memory. Mm-hmm. So given Given that you can still get your phone into this with the USB-C port. um, I want to hear that. It's probably a pretty good solution. Considering that that TRRRS cable is hard to get the right one, and they're about 30 bucks a piece. Right. That saves you another 20 bucks because you can just use a standard USB to USB-C. Yep. Um. That's that's good. Mm-hmm. And if it does, of course, it makes it it's understandable because you've got Android phones on USB Cs and iPhones on USB C now, and all the new iPads on USB C too. So, yeah. So you can have four XLR inputs and then an additional two USB inputs. Hmm. So you can have up to six microphones off of this thing. Or six inputs. Well, six inputs or six. Oh, you can connect two USB microphones too. Yep. Oh. That's what I was trying to say. Or oh. one USB microphone and a mobile phone. Oh, gotcha. I don't, and it looks, uh, it looks like it still supports uh, Bluetooth. And I know that th- there's a big Bluetooth codec update coming here by the end of the year. That's supposed to address the audio quality issue. Well, time will tell. 
Yep. So I guess if you don't have one, sounds like it could be a pretty nice upgrade. I think so too. The more I learn about it, it's smaller in footprint. This, this, I've got one sitting right in front of me, the first gen road, and it's pretty, it takes up a lot of space on my desk. Yeah. I so agree. I got it yeah. jammed in between two things here. Yeah. But if I could get a smaller footprint run that's working, that's, it's got a larger touchscreen on it too. Mm. Uh, I think it's like five and a half inches or something like that. Touchscreen. Right. Um, it, it might be a nice upgrade. So did you hear that, um, Wooska is going to get shut down? I did. I, I heard that they were, they were transitioning all of their customers off of Wooska over to, uh, megaphone. Was it? megaphone. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wonder how that's going to work out. If there's a price difference, if they're giving them some, yeah, I hear that name megaphone far too often. <laughs> well, I, I don't. I'll, I'll put it to you that way. <laughs> That's funny. I, we we don't lose people to megaphone. You know, it's very no, rare. No, it goes, it goes the other way, too. There's just quite a few people that are over there already. Um, but I do think that uh, it's not uncommon for them to want to move other places after that. Right. I, yeah. that, that is true. We've had people go over there, <laughs> be promised one thing and then come back. Right. Right. Or just go somewhere else. Right. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, someone kept their account open because they said I might be back in like three weeks. They were, <laughs> but I'm not saying anything to denigrate them oh, at all. Oh, yeah, but I don't want to go Go there because we do work with them. Oh, so, okay. yeah, <laughs> I have to be. Yeah, I have to walk that line carefully. No, right? Okay. <laughs> I, I don't really have anything bad to say about them. I just know that we, you know, people leave and then come back to us from them. So it's just a constant. Uh, <laughs> th- that word comes up more often well, than I'm comfortable uh, with. Let's put you that well, way. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> So one one thing that caught me a little bit by surprise was um, an article that said a prisoner on the run has appeared on a podcast. Fugitive Gregor Hmm. Gray appears in the latest episode of the Chop Shop podcast. So does, you know, was this in person or virtual? And, you know, what is the legal status of talking to someone on, you know, a podcast, if they were with you in person um, and you know they're a fugitive, well, that could be tricky legally. Now, if they called in virtually, you might be a little bit more covered, but... um, hmm. Right. (laughs) So, Todd, I I talked to a guy when I was over in London and... He's putting on the Podfest Berlin event. So I don't know if you've heard about this or not, but I think I heard rumors. There's a a Berlin podcast festival that's happening this coming July 16th and 17th mm. in of all places. Can you guess where? Berlin. Wow. Okay, you said Berlin, so <laughs> well, I I didn't say it was, you know. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
And if you want to go check it out, it's at uh, podfestberlin.com. There's some common words here than I've heard before. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Except for the Berlin part. Right. Yeah. That's new. That's new. But uh, it's coming up pretty quick. Just in a, what, just a few short weeks. So have you, um, I, I, obviously, you know what's going on with She Cop Podcast because Elsie works with you guys. And um, mm-hmm. I, when I heard what the venue was for She Podcast, my eyeballs kind of got big. Because have you ever stayed at the MGM National in D.C.? MGM National in D.C.? No, I can't say I have. I have. <laughs> <laughs> that is a nice place. Very I nice. I bet it is. It sounds like it would be Very nice. nice. Very expensive. I was like, "Wow, they're going." It's and of course, if you and there's not a lot around there, so if you want to go out to eat, you're kind of, I think you're going to kind of be stuck at in the MGM. Um, it's really there's not a lot around it. Uh, mm-hmm. There's like a Hampton Inn or something that's you know maybe a half mile away or something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, I was like, "Oh my God, that's me." I hope they get a good hotel rate because it's normally like $400 a night to stay there. So it's not an inexpensive venue. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's typical casino. But they do. I have been into their their meeting areas and stuff. It's really nice. So they, they've got a great venue they're going to. So they're supposedly expecting like six to 800, I think is the number I'm hearing for Sheep mm-hmm. Podcast. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So ladies, if you are not signed up yet, make sure you get over to She Podcast and get your ticket. Mm-hmm. But uh and it's one thing's very easy. It's gonna be easy to, well, it's you know, it's twenty minutes from National Airport. So a quick Uber over from the airport and you'll be you'll be there. Don't fly into Dulles. Definitely fly into National. National, right. That's always the best way to get in there. Yeah. Especially if you know, because this is it's just right come up the was, if I remember correctly, the Potomac come right up and boom, you're there. So, mm-hmm. yep, that's close. So there's all sorts of, of podcast companies bubbling around over in Europe. I know that there's there's an Italian podcast publisher called One Podcast. Hmm. They've launched a, a new premium podcast subscription channel exclusively on Apple Podcasts, and and I guess there's a uh, you know there's Podomo in the Norwegian part of the world. Oh, they've been around a while. Yeah. Right. And Le F- uh, Figio in France. Oh, and that's right. I talked to a person uh, in, in, I think it was in, um, I think it was in London that was going to be putting on a uh, podcast festival in uh, Paris too. Hmm. So coming up, if you, want to be a world traveler and still be involved in podcasting, there's more opportunities than ever. <laughs> and also the podcast awards nominations start on July 1st. That's right. That's yeah. right. I so saw get, that. get your uh, registration in. Uh, yep. Time is bubbling close to that time period. So it is, it is. And in, in, you're going to award the winners to that uh, in September, like it, normal? It'll be on uh, International Podcast Day, September 30th. 
Right. So working on the agenda there. I got some help. I got someone helping me this year. So um, maybe there'll be able to be, uh, um, I don't know. We'll have this. I haven't figured out exactly what I'm going to do for the award ceremony. I'd like to get a different face to be the host of that, but uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's a, a a new sports podcasting network that's growing, I guess, and trying to challenge Barstool and the ESPN folks called Blue Wire. I thought that was interesting. It says they expect to double their revenue uh, to $10 million in 2022. Wow. Sounds like they're doing well. That's a good size uh yeah, challenger to those other folks. That's a good. That's a good revenue number. I, I, you know, but if you think about the other two, they're behemoths. They're huge. Yeah. So you know, they, their their revenue has well, you know, ESPN's in the stratosphere. Then mm-hmm. part of Disney. Yeah, which, the other company's probably plus hundred million. I would think. Yeah, I'm not that far away from the headquarters of uh, ESPN. So. Yeah, I've been in both of those companies' offices before. So, Bristol, uh, Bristol, Connecticut. Well, I, the ES, well, the folks I deal with ESPN are in Manhattan. So, yeah, well, there's yeah, there's multiple offices, and then Barstool is in Manhattan too. So, at least they were one last time I was there, which was a couple of years ago. So, yep. but both really nice. You know, it, you you go into those offices, and those are well-appointed, you know, with well-appointed addresses too. So they, you know, you, uh, you, you, you don't get into the floor you're wanting to get into without, you know, having a pass. <laughs> Let's just put it that Todd, way. Right. Todd, I can't, I can't remember if we talked about LinkedIn at all. Uh, not lately. The only thing we've talked about LinkedIn was streaming a little bit, but we haven't talked about them too much. Well, they've they've launched a podcast network. What? Yeah, it's called LinkedIn Podcast Network. Who is on it? Uh, they're they're kind of doing de- deals with shows. You can you can submit your business podcast over there to be part of their their network. I just brought up the. I just Googled it and found it here. It says uh, the voices at heart of professional conversations. Any mm-hmm. conversation you want to hear on career and business. So here's some of the shows. Big Tech Podcast, Brown Table Talk, Rethink Moments, Sparked, Anxious Achiever, The Next Big Idea, The Startup of You. Mm-hmm. So we've got, looks like they've got, now the question is, let me uh, go ahead and hit learn more. Uh, start listening. What, where does it take me? it takes me to Apple podcasts. So Mm -hmm. it looks to me like they've just done licensing deals. So let's, 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 uh, let's go ahead and looked at this. Oh, it says it's from LinkedIn. So it's actually the show links back to, to LinkedIn. Oh, LinkedIn has a podcast channel. That's interesting. All right. So those shows are, it looks to me like they are exclusives because they all, yeah, they all link back to. Well, they all put the little LinkedIn logo on them. 
on their yeah, artwork. So I'm just looking to see if there is a, oh yeah, they do have, like this one does have another website. So are you showing it to? Yeah, showing it to the audience, yeah. Our so this yeah. one, this Brown Table Talk podcast, they do have a, so they have their own website. They And it, it's interesting. It is it is a LinkedIn show, but on their website, you can't tell. Oh, yep. There is a, a big, big LinkedIn, but. Yeah, it's what they've done is they've signed shows, but it looks like these shows have been able to maintain their, um, let me look at this one here, rethink moments. Let me search for that one. Yeah, but I felt, you know, I saw this and I've been kind of keeping a little bit of an eye on it. I, it would be really interesting to me to, to think about LinkedIn getting in more involved in podcasting, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I guess if you map it to what we just went through with Facebook, um, there's probably some overlap and concept that could be could be done there. But I th I think it's an interesting, you know, it's a it's part of Microsoft, which kind of has a unique connection to me to some degree. Um, and but they're two separate companies, though. Really, at the end of the day, they yeah. operate separately. Um, but. I think it's an interesting connection that they have what close to a billion people on the platform. So if LinkedIn chose to get deeper involved in podcasting beyond just this network that they're doing, I think that there's a terrific opportunity for them. You know, here's the interesting thing is, uh, they have a listen now button on the rethink moments. Mm -hmm. This is with Rachel Botsman and you, you click listen now it's Apple podcast, Spotify. And if you're over on LinkedIn, there's no way to listen to these shows on LinkedIn. So it's, it's the strategy is curious in that. They're I, driving it to other listening yeah, platforms. And, and you right. can't even, this gal's particular website, you can't even play the show on her website. That always blows me away. Of course, you know, it's again, it's eight, eight, nine percent of people that find the show on a website and listen, but right. why would you not have a player on, on your website? It just, it, it, it always baffles me a little bit. Let me look at this particular show here. And again, I guess people are assuming that, but, uh, let's see here, podcast. I just thought I would mention this because, I mean, this is an effort on the part of a huge network, right? Mm -hmm. um, that could have a consequential impact on the podcasting medium if they really got involved in it at a deeper level. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. So I don't find for Sparked, I don't find a um, an actual website for them. I find... Uh, See, this is the Google listing for that show. I found a pod link. Yeah, I don't find the, I don't find their actual website. So that's, it's just interesting, uh, the strategy there for some of these and that you can't even, this one you can actually listen to the content on who's hosting this. Can I see who's hosting this media? I think it's all over the place. I would, I think it's probably, um, 
It's probably um, megaphone. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know for sure. Yeah, if I, all, yeah. If all of them are there, or oh, if, there's oh, if some of them are. So the RSS feed. Let's see here. I can always go to the RSS feed and look at the RSS feed. Oh, it's megaphone. <laughs> <laughs> that word keeps coming up. Uh, hmm. So megaphone's working with LinkedIn. Hmm. So, you know, the news titans, Spotify company, <laughs> right. is hosting the LinkedIn sign shows. That is absolutely bizarro to me. But I guess. Hmm. Hmm. Right. Hmm. What can you say, right? <laughs> right. Because I don't want to say that word again. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're worried about it, Rob. I'm not. I'm just teasing more than anything else. <laughs> I, uh, I, um, I got got a little deeper information on this uh, this Namano. Um, oh, kind the of three thousand dollar thing. Right, right. I think it's an interesting thing. I got a little deeper demo on it. They, a their rep that lives down in in Brooklyn came up to, to meet with me up here. And so he, he's, you know, he and I sat down for a half an hour and he just dove into it big time. They're, they're looking for feedback. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'd make it uh, $2,500 cheaper. <laughs> right. No. Well, I think it's, it's taking the, the platform that they're creating and then making, you know, Potentially making a derivative service uh, or 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 device out of it that um, that really fits with a much larger market opportunity, right? So, and and I thought that the conversation was in, interesting from the standpoint that Rode actually has. Speaking yeah. of, we've been talking a lot about Rode here. They have a very similar um, type of solution mm-hmm. right now too. Those little square little clip-ons. Yeah, it's clip-on. and it's it's been out in the market for quite a while. It's a you basically yeah. have one receiver and two transmitters. It's it's right. it's wireless, but it's a two you can use two at one time. Right, right. So it's a very similar type of a solution to this 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 little device, and I believe it's a lot more um, um, cost effective. Might be a good good, good way of saying it, or less expensive of a solution to accomplish the same kind of thing. But it, I think what road doesn't have is the, um, is the deep AI uh, spatial audio type of capability but that this thing has. Did it really make a difference? Yeah, I think it, I think it sounds good. I think where the challenge comes in to some degree is, is, um, well, each of those little devices and I, I can't remember if the road does this too, um, but each one of those little square clip-ons actually is where the audio is recorded. It's not actually recorded in that base station. Hmm. And then once it's, it's a little bit like what Riverside does or any of these others where the actual microphone and the device actually records it. And then when it's completed, it's uploaded. I right. think, I think it's recorded on the master. I think it transmits and it's, it, it does record not on the device. I don't think it records on the device. I think it records on yeah. the, on the master. 
Right, which is the the receiver, right? Right, right. Right, that then is plugged into, let's say, a mobile phone or a computer. Mm-hmm. Um, where this uh, Nemano device actually records inside of those little microphone right. clip-ons. Right, And so I think what you get out of that is a, probably a, maybe a more reliable recording because it does make a connection with that, that base unit um, that utilizes Bluetooth, which can be a little unreliable, right? I don't think uh, Rode uses Bluetooth. Um, I think they actually use... Um, yeah, so what's that? So if you go to Rode... They use a 2.4 gigahertz uh, transmission frequency. So that's the same as Wi-Fi. So, um, but that, that is... That can be a pretty cluttered spectrum. Well, they've got uh, multiple channels, right. so they it's you know it's channelized, right? Um, and it's right, and it probably switches between channels based on their availability, right? It says optimized for extremely stable operation in dense RF environments. These I've seen these used all over the place. Seen them used at CES, etc. So, uh, oh, it says option to record each channel separately, combine them for ultimate flexible in post production. So, well, it probably does it in the device. Um, you know, but here's the thing: the road is two ninety nine. The wireless <laughs> go too. You know, so you know. Right, right. Well, I guess uh, you can get um one that just has one microphone and a base unit, and I think that's that's a uh, hundred eighty seven. Yeah, but I understand what they use these. These are typically used for people that are. Um, video, video, a uh, block, you know, video, right? YouTubers and stuff. They're using these a lot. I don't see a lot of podcasters, at least I haven't seen a lot of podcasters using these. Not, not that they can't, because nothing beats this right here. But if, you know, if you're doing an interview show and it's, you got the person in front of you and you clip this on them, then, you know, you might be, it's easier than having to worry about them staying in front of the mic. Yeah, I think one of the 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 challenges of this road is that it doesn't have a lot of audio um filtering and and signal controls. It's just it's it's mic microphone and it records well, the I'm way sh- it is. I'm sure. This um Nemano.co device is is gonna apply a lot of advanced audio processing. Mm-hmm. So you could conceivably see that, um, take what this road has, has kind of, I, I think to some degree kind of pioneered this, mm-hmm. um, and potentially create a device recording platform that would, would basically eliminate any echo, uh, any background sounds because it has a, what's called a spatial audio, um, sensor device mm-hmm. that it, it, picks up all the sounds excluding your speaking voice or what's coming in through these microphones. Um, it basically filters all that, all that sound out. Right. So if you're sitting around a table in in a room and there's echo in this room, uh, or there's just really kind of background noise, there's trucks going by outside or a train going by, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. It'll actually filter that out of the audio. Um, so that's, well, but that, that, that's the idea behind it, right? Well, I, so you I, could conceivably have a recording that you could do from anywhere and, and have it be the quality that you would do with this. 
Okay. Possibly. Possibly. That's the goal that they're trying to accomplish. But at a price point that 99% of podcasters can't afford. Yeah, but that's, that, that's just a proof of concept. I mean, that's like saying, well, you know, you, we can't accomplish something. So use Tesla as an example. They came out with the model, the Roadster first, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That was like a hundred thousand dollar car, right? Or one twenty so, or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they came out with the Model S, right? That was like in the eighty to a hundred thousand, hundred and twenty thousand range. So, um, so companies like this put out products that are at the high end so they can build the tech out, right? Um, and then they take derivative products out of that. So that's kind of what they're starting to think about now with this is that they've created this solution and we'll well, how do we take that technology and build it into a mobile app and then have a couple of these little microphones that you can take with you with your mobile phone or your, your laptop mm-hmm. and do the same kind of thing. And you could have up to four of them and, and everybody just clips on these little clip-ons and you could record a podcast right there without having to have all the wires and all this whole setup, right? Well, if you... If you have the ability to get the price down, then great, you know, but until then it's a pipe dream. They got to survive their startup stage and get to the point where they can get the price down. That's right. I mean, and it's finding a market for the, the device they have right now. Right. So they need to find some people to buy that $3,000 unit that they have right now. And I think it's probably going to be the, the fictional storytellers, right? It's probably possible. Mm, potentially. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But well, I guess we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with our delay of getting started today, we are, we're at uh four thirty. Oh, we are. So, uh, okay. I guess we can pull the plug on this thing. Um, sorry about getting a little short. Well, you guys, have asked via our survey that you want a little shorter show. So that's really, yeah. Oh, is that what they've said? Yeah. They said they want us to run a little shorter show. So what's, what's a little shorter? Well, they, we, we didn't define it. That's what they, the comments been is that they'd like to have a little shorter show. Like maybe limit it to an hour. Uh, how can we get through just an hour? So, you know, we'll, we'll we? give, <laughs> I don't know, but if, if you disagree, just do an hour, if you do, if you disagree with the survey, the survey link will be at newmediashow.com and you can take the survey and tell us what you think about the show and, uh, give us your, uh, you know, give us your thoughts, but, uh, it's new. Media- Go ahead. Yeah. I, I'm all right with doing an hour. That's fine. Well, let's, let's, we'll wait till we, the jury's still out. So we'll see what, what comes up, you know, and, uh, we'll we'll see if, uh, if the trend stays there that we wish we, they probably gonna say we want to do a shorter show, but more shows and (laughs) no, Uh, we've been there before. No, we're not, we're not going back to that. So going uh, back to that. No, I, I, I need my weekends. I, Saturdays are now sacred. I, I, I get time off. Monday so, and Fridays come to mind. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Mondays are the no, worst day Tuesdays, in the world. Tuesdays, Tuesdays and Fridays. You want to see I my, know, I'm you, just kidding. You want to see my calendar? <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. I'm not, believe me, I'm not advocating for that. I was thinking maybe I was going to be able to just like take, you know, 
four or five days vacation at some point. I'm looking at my calendar for the next month. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying right home. Yes. You know, I go to my campsite in the woods and, uh, and, uh, and hang out. That's what I'm going to do. So, so are you fully up with your, um, your, uh, Starlink? Yeah. Stuff? yeah it's, all, it's all, I haven't tried to do a show from there yet. So we had a big, big, big rainstorm. Um, it's about 105 here right now. It's crazy. We got heat warnings on. And uh, right prior to that, I guess it was, what is it? Wednesday, Monday night, we had a torrential. I mean, it just came hard. And I had about 15 minutes. The Starlink was not talking to the satellite. It, it did not do well in a, a torrential, but it was a torrential downpour. We got like an inch in 15 minutes. So it was... It was a, it was hardcore rain and, uh, mm -hmm. no, no go. It, it couldn't talk to the satellite. So, um, that's really the first true long outage that, uh, mm -hmm. that I've had with it. But, you know, every once in a while it drops for a minute or two or something, but if you're doing a live stream, that could be, uh, you know, that could be, and it would just stop, you know, it would not be good. So right. uh, keep watching it and, you know, it seems to be to my sister says she has one. She says in the morning, she sees more outages in the morning than in the evening. So I don't know if it's the consolation, but it shouldn't matter. Like they're always on the move. So, mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, the line of satellites at my, my dish doesn't even move. Some people's moves all the time. Mine just stays locked to a certain, I, I have never seen it even e -e at all. Uh, because I think I'm on pretty much the satellites go directly over. When I look at the map, it looks like the satellites go almost directly overhead me. And so are they considered kind of geostationary? No, no, no. They're low. They're they're low Earth orbit, so they're on the move continuously. So it's changing all the time. Actually, there's oh, a website you can see what you're connected to, and it's you're usually connected to eight to ten satellites at any time, maybe six, and. Mm. Uh, my signal gets my uplink goes from uh, where I'm at here in Michigan to Chicago. That's where my downlink is, is in Chicago. Mm, so when okay. I do a speed test, it looks like I've been, I'm in Chicago. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So everyone gets assigned a ground station and I'm connected to a primary, not a, it's like they have primaries and they have subs. So I'm not, I go right to a primary, which makes sense. Chicago is, you know, that, you know, at that altitude up and down, you know, it's like, it's not a, not a big deal because right. it's, I'm close. I'm, you know, 160 miles from Chicago, but at, you know, hundred miles up or whatever these things are at, it's, you know, it's just a <laughs> few degrees. Yeah, that's cool. It is. That's cool that you're getting fast speeds. That's, that's, that's what you want. I've actually been watching YouTube videos in 4k. So Wow. That, that was never possible before it was all 720p at the mm -hmm. most. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I guess we'll get out of here. It's uh, Todd at Blueberry.com, at Geek News on Twitter. Well, on Twitter, too, at Rob Greenlee. And uh, you can send me an email, robg at Lipson.com. Happy to talk with you. And Maybe next week we'll have a guest. Yeah. I don't know that we have to have a guest. Yeah, potentially. So, so it'd, it'd have been fun if the person that was supposed to be here was here today. 
Um, in fact, if you want to know who it was, is on the YouTube because I'm going to have to change the YouTube channel title. <laughs> oh, because <laughs> it was new media show with and the person's name. So, uh, right. other than that, uh, everyone, thanks, and uh, we'll see you back here next Thursday. Send us yep. your send us your comment. As a matter of fact, we did get some comments on email. Some people have been emailing us. Um, should I let me crap? Let me go look this up. I uh, got an email from. Oh, from Carlos. Carlos, um, thanks for your email. My personal opinion at NFTs are it's with the crypto market and everything going on right now. I, I know what you're trying to do, but I'm not promoting NFTs on this show. Sorry. And I know that you've got a podcast with NFTs, but I don't know, Rob, what do you? Any opinion on NFTs? I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's an interesting potential model that uh, you know that there are people that are embracing it out there. So I don't know, you know, long term, given what we're probably about to go through with the economy, how how much traction there's going to be get that there's going to be gotten with it um, is the big question mark right now. I don't know, Todd. What I mean, this is this is a um, deeper subject, but do you think the economy is going to uh, have an impact on podcasting much? Mm, didn't last time. We'll see what happens this time. We're not seeing any yeah. signs of it yet. Yeah. So I think if nothing else, it might get people to reposition and work harder at their podcasts, especially if the economy goes south. And yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, one thing's for sure. It's not getting more expensive like a gallon of milk or a gallon of gas. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's true. But well, time will tell. All right. Yep. So, sorry. We're going to get out of here now this time. So everyone. Yes, we are. Thanks for okay. everybody. And uh, we'll, and Doug, I don't know anything about Reno in October. So send me an, an email on that. That just came into chat. Uh, but anyway, everyone, we'll see you next time. Take care. See you next time. Bye-bye. Okay.